It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Well, actually not really this year. Uh, Christmas looks very different. Uh, but at any rate, welcome to the G6 podcast Christmas special. The G6 podcast. For those keeping track, We've now been doing podcasts for just under a year, and what a year it's been. To wrap up 2020, we'll be talking about all things Advent and Christmas, including our Advent sessions from Boxgrove Priory, and a little about some of our favourite and least favourite Christmas pieces. We're talking to you from Castle Howard in North Yorkshire, where we are currently involved in filming for the 12 Days of Christmas which is an, a virtual online offering from the Rydale Festival. And we're here alongside two other ensembles, Echo Vocal Ensemble and the Swan Consort. We'll be talking to some of these musicians a little bit later, some of whom are very good friends of ours. Uh, we'll be hearing from them about the history of their groups and what they've been up to recently. But first, let's get all the non-Christmas stuff out of the way. Let's do the news. The news. Here we are. It's the news. First item off the news, I'd say we should probably recap with um, where we left you with our last podcast episode, which was London Sound Gallery. What an exciting experience that was. What a project. Um, it, it was released over the last six Sundays. Have we, have we got that far yet? Yeah, yeah we have. So we finished, finished with our concert, um, had a lovely review in, in the Eye paper mm. from Alex Coughlin, which was very positive and very positive about the whole festival, which is mm. nice. It's, it's lovely to actually have some press engagement with these kind of things because it's so difficult to work out whether anyone's actually... Yes, when you can't see people coming in the door, yeah. it's very difficult to see the effect of live yeah. concerts, isn't it? But Especially when they're going around the globe. Yeah, and listeners, if you haven't caught up with LSG, get it. It's there until... Well, now it's all to... available, and it will be all available until... Uh, January 1st. Of, yeah, beginning yeah. of next year. So you've still got at least a few weeks. Exactly, and you know, you'll be, you'll be with your family at Christmas, so sit them down at the telly, you know. You exactly. You and your three other bubbles, and sit and watch... Don't them. watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. Watch no. a delightful half-hour recital by... Yeah. Even regardless of the, the audience engagement online, to me, I think the coolest thing about London Sound Gallery was the relationship that we fostered with the other ensembles. Uh, and I think for a lot of them, it was really meaningful that they got to do a gig again. Yeah. And, and some of them, like us, had been somewhat active over the lockdown, but, but some of them told us this is the first... First thing we've done since March. Yeah. And so that felt really special to, to have provided that opportunity uh, for those people. Well, I think it's, you know, it's difficult for the arts at the moment. You know, newsflash, it doesn't necessarily need to be. But uh, um, we are looking inwards in the sense of it's, it's nice to collaborate. It's nice to not exist as your own island. Um, That's and I think true. more and more of that will happen over the next year. I mean, well, it, uh, and it's nice to be kind of following on from that with this collaboration with Echo and Swan, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. It takes, it takes us up to York to an absolutely lovely place and sing some nice Christmas music. Mm. But, um, so what else has been going on? Well, uh, we, we did a Joscan CD, didn't we? That was we did. CD number... Yes, quite. Lord knows how many CDs we've done now. But, uh, um, yeah, that was it. That, that's uh, the first part of a, a kind of large project that we've been planning called Joscan's Legacy, which is going to be looking at kind of 
um, kind of putting Josquin in some, in some context uh, in his 500th anniversary year starting next year. Fingers crossed we're going to be able to do lots of concerts over the course of the year around, uh, around the UK and hopefully abroad as well. Um, and we put together, I, I think, a really lovely program for that first CD, um, which is uh, using uh, some of Josquin's works and then some other works by a selection of composers that he would have known, uh, as people like Mouton, Fevin, Compère Brumel, Pierre de la Rue, um, many of whom were mentioned in, in poems alongside Josquin, and indeed Josquin set one of those poems, so it's really nice to have all those composers it's next to each sort other. Sort of extended artistic family it of Josquin, is, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Josquin Friends, yeah. you know, Sergeant yeah. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It is a fit, yeah. Of, of that would be a good cover for it, actually. Yeah. We could update that. Yeah, quite. We'll talk to Hyperion, we'll get on it. Um, <laughs> but for me, I mean, I have no particular horse in this race with this disc because the vagaries of my voice part meant that I sing a lot of the astoundingly boring Cantus Firmus parts. <laughs> Um, and I had an absolute whale of a time. Genuinely, I think it might have been the most fun I've had recording a G6 disc. I'm really excited for yeah. it. Um, some lovely music. Um, I know a lot more about the music of that period than I did before. Um, it's been a real educational experience. And We've got a lot more work to do on it, of course. There's a, we're going to be working with um, musicologists and we're going to be doing some uh, sp uh, special video projects and uh, some outreach stuff as well, hopefully going to some schools. Um, if anyone out there is interested in any of this, please do get in touch. It's, we're, still, we're still planning it. so uh, Yeah, please text Josquin to 70522. 1521. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Josquin's legacy, the Jeswaldo6 at gmail.com. <laughs> Calls cost £5. <laughs> and fund our entire project for the year. <laughs> yeah. And what else have we done? Well, speaking of recordings, of course, we were very, um, very pleased to win an award for fading yeah. in Australia. Uh, fading won the uh, vocal and choral recording of the year in, yeah. in the Australian Limelight magazine, which is ah. it was a bit apples and oranges, wasn't it? Because it was like it was a recording fading versus like, the Matthew Passion, I yeah, think, done by like Suzuki that. and yeah. uh, Shostakovich Five yeah. or something. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know, what, I, yeah, I don't know how you choose between those, but you know, thanks, thank you, you thank thanks you, Australia. Australia. Yeah, we, we had uh, the, the last big tour we did, of course, was yeah. to Australia. We had a fantastic time there. Podcast We're looking forward to coming back. Two, two I, think. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all it's all coming in it's all, all there's there are themes in this there season there are yeah well, yes they're doing quite well the arc of this season is going yeah. well but yeah 2022 hopefully we'll be back in Australia can't wait um, yeah cannot wait gosh I mean I I was talking to my mum congratulated me for winning that award um, nice. on the phone and it feels very strange doesn't it because you know the work we did on that CD was so long ago yeah, it feels like a, fe it feels like a different, different world it, it feels like a different person made that CD yeah, but it is, it's very heartening to have a big publication like Limelight um, you know appreciate what you know it's, it was a really fun CD for us to record and I think it's a programme which we enjoy coming back to and it's a programme that we're very sad not to be able to tour yeah, quite. Uh, in the, the spring. The tour that never it, was. Yeah, exactly. Our social media followers will no doubt have seen our latest isolation creation project, Eloise Werner's Corona Solfege A6. That's oh, quite fun, wasn't it? That was an extraordinary thing to be doing. Uh, we're, we're very blessed in this group to be able to tackle a, a huge range of repertoire, all the way from Joss Gann and Okagum and really early dots to stuff that is right up to the minute. Um, Owen said that. Uh, he was he was really struck by the the very first Corona Solfege video that Eloise did on social media at the very beginning of 
uh, kind of lockdown, and they, they are worth searching out and... and binging, um, maybe. Yeah, she exactly, did a binging, lot. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the one that she wrote for us Dozens was a little bit simpler than some of the ones that she's done, <laughs> yes. where her right hand is in four and her left hand is in five and her eyes are going in six. I've got a sweat just Yeah, I know. But uh, that was an extraordinary process of putting it together because we didn't... It's not the sort of piece that we really performed together, is it? We haven't actually performed it live yet. Um, We just kind of did it in in isolation, in Owen's kitchen. (laughs) Yes, it felt a bit like going to the dentist. So we'd all had a little slot of of half an hour to get our part separately recorded, you know, all, all in uniform, concert blacks and against a black screen and slapping our faces and smashing our teeth and doing all those all those things and, and it's you know it's a nice metaphor for a lot of you know preparation for music I think because you can do it and you can be working out your stuff separately mm. you can not really appreciate what the finished product is going to be like and how effective it's going to be until you're there performing it and actually I didn't really appreciate how effective it was going to be until I watched the first edit of the video and I was like gosh um it's a proper music video, you know, it's not just, it's not just us singing a song a piece, yeah. um, and a camera happening to be there capturing it. It is something which is more effective because we did it like that and yes, because exactly. it exists like that. It, it, and it's, it's sort of beautiful seeing, yeah. seeing, the, the, seeing the, your the face, well, I was going to say everyone's faces, uh, against the, that kind of black background and, and the, the movement and the, the, the kind of acting that Sam does. It's sort of like, it becomes something quite different, doesn't it, yeah. than what we're kind of used to. Well, it's like those lovely choreographed um, the, the OK Go video with them all jumping around on treadmills, treadmills isn't it? Yeah. There's something very beguiling about yeah, it's kind of synchroni- really synchronised actions which mm-hmm. kind of don't necessarily, aren't very representative of the music as such, but kind of just actors, yes, like sort of hand, hand ballet. Isn't yes, it? exactly. But yeah, I, I check it out. Um, apparently it went out on the BBC World Service as well, I'm not sure whether that happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> Here, here's a preview. Okay. <laughs> moving what else is in the news well something else we were able to do over the course of uh, the, the last couple of months which was tremendously exciting was uh, the, the only tour that we've, we've done for a very long time where we spent a few days in northern Italy which was um, a really delightful time in this beautiful little abbey in Felina working with Paolo and uh, yeah we were recording Joss Gander as well it's um, like buses isn't it you, you wait Five years to do recording a Joska, and you end up doing two, two in two months. months. And it, it, that, that was a real joy for me to be able to see all of my English friends and my Italian friends kind of meet each other. And you now know more about the ensemble or decatando. You might. What, what was the experience like working with them for the first time? It was astounding, actually. I mean, it's a it is a very different way of music making in the sense of. Um, I mean, I don't want to dob in on our Italian colleagues, but um, <laughs> they we, all listen to this. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> ciao, 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 Marco. Um, we. Uh, had a post-lunch recording session. <laughs> between, between the seven of us, we had a little sweepstake <laughs> on when the downbeat of our first actual recorded take would be after lunch. I think we were meant to finish... We were meant to finish, s- eating, finish and eating and start recording at 3pm. Um, <laughs> and I think Sam went the most rogue with some outlandish... Con- like half past four... Something like that. And we were, I, was, I was on ten past four. Um, <laughs> we were playing it, by Price's Right rules, yeah. so if it went after ten past four, Mike would have automatically lost. Yes. And we thought Sam's bet was outrageous. Yeah. But then in the end, Sam won. Sam won. The first take of that recording session was, I think, four about past four, something like that. 20, 20 yeah. past four. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just a different way of working. You know, they will have 
days blocked out in which they'll go to a lovely abbey mm. and they will have some lovely meals and record uh, um, Renaissance music to an incredibly high standard. Mm. And it's not necessarily that you know stereotype of the British group where everything is clocked to the minute and the second... Um, uh, Two minutes past six, the surprise yeah, yeah, walking yeah, out the door. Looking at yeah, your watches yeah, yeah. and tutting and, yeah. you know, um, chuntering away in the corner when it all Not looks that like... there wasn't any tutting or chuntering. Well, quite, but it's, it's tutting or chuntering in a much more extrovert way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> tutting with one's <laughs> hands. Yes. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to hearing the first edits of that disc as and when they appear. Yes, I mean, um, that's going to be fantastic. Great pieces, some of the big ones, Preterarum Serium, which we didn't record on our Joskans Legacy disc, uh, maybe Joskins Legacy 2. Um, sadly, we weren't able to finish the whole tour. We did have plans to do uh, a concert in Felina and a concert in Venice and then spend a day in Ferrara, which would have been, uh, which would have been tremendously jolly. But we were so lucky when the travel corridor closed that it closed just late enough to yes. allow us to finish the recording. Yeah. The early hours of the Sunday morning yeah. rather than anything did, on the Saturday. And we did Saturday. have a lovely day in Venice, didn't we? We did. You can we check did. out our social media to see some photos of us at Monteverdi's grave and um, sipping Aperol on, uh, by Rialto. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we he was a, trying a, to a lovely day off. There was a, a certain element of it that was a bit depressing, actually, because yeah. we, uh, one of the cars that we took from the airport pulled up to the abbey... It was raining, it was very grey. We get out of the car, the BBC news alert comes on the phone. Italy has been removed from the travel corridor list. Why are you on Damn you, Grant Chef. But, but that means... says such an amazing job. Owen did an amazing job with the admin. The Italians actually did a fantastic job looking after us. Um, As you can tell from a previous anecdote, like time pressure was high. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got it all done. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, as I think we can all agree, Christmas music is what makes Christmas. So let's have a quick chat with some of the members of the group about their favourite and least favourite Christmas pieces. Sam. Hello. What's your favourite piece of Christmas music? What really makes Christmas for you? Gosh, um, as soon as December hits, <laughs> I find this. I've got this wonderful Christmas jazz playlist on my Spotify, and it's a um, an album of this pianist, jazz pianist called Peggy Adair, and she and she's brilliant, and she just does all the classic tunes, you know, Frosty the Snowman, the Christmas Song, um, um, Jingle Bells, all that sort of thing, and it's just her just basically doing these brilliant improvisations, sometimes with other jazz musicians, sometimes just just piano basically and and it's just brilliant and that, that makes my Christmas Aww. absolutely I love that well that's sweet and what <laughs> pi- what piece of Christmas music would you wipe off the face of the earth if you had the choice torches torches <laughs> good maybe torches or I don't know maybe I don't know I just I hear it all the time and I just I've just never liked it all I want for Christmas is you and I'm, <laughs> that makes me a real bad Scrooge and so be it but I just don't like that song Josh, what about you? Uh, I think my favourite, at least at the pieces that we sing, is probably Vigilante. 
Mm. I first heard it actually before I joined the group. I think it was in their second concert. They, they recorded at least a couple of the pieces, put it on, out on SoundCloud, and I just absolutely loved the energy the group gave to it. And actually, it made me kind of want to join the group, and that's the reason why I auditioned for the group. I just love, uh, it's, it's, it's watch out. Mm. Um, and uh, as the cock crows and bird is really kind of able, is able to make music fly off the page. Mm. Um, I just absolutely love seeing that. Uh, also, Gaudete. Yes. Always great fun. I, we normally begin our concerts with Gaudete. Do you have a least favourite? Uh, well, probably my least favourite uh, is probably Heart of the Herald Angels Sing. Aww. It is ju- It just sits too high. You're it's, a tenor. I know, I know, but it, it's, it's painful to hear from, from everyone. Everyone complains about it. They always say it should be done down a tone. And I heartily agree because it just sits in the wrong place. And it's always at the end of a cow service as well, really. So it's, by that point, you're, you're, you've done eight other cows and you're ready to uh, no, go for some mulled wine. Fair enough. Joseph, over to you. What's your favourite Christmas piece? Hi, Andy. Um, the thing about Christmas is that it's not just Christmas, it's Advent as well. Um, That's and, true. Um, it's very true. There are wonderful pieces for Advent. This is the truth, sent from above, is just gorgeous. It's a wonderful tune. Um, is it Herefordshire? I can't remember. But it's some sort of uh, folk tune that Ron Williams discovered, as he does, um, and harmonised very beautifully, very simply. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, if you had to press me for a Christmas one... Um, I don't know what the others have said. Santa Baby, obviously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, In the Bleak Midwinter by Harold Dark. Oh, that's a classic. What an absolute wonderful... What a chestnut. It's, it's a lovely tune. I did the solo as a little boy at Christmas, and I then did the tenor solo later on. And uh, it's very special to me, and it's lovely words. Um, Harold Dark, for me, there's also a... Is it Holst? There's um, the Holst tune. That's a classic as well. Yeah, so, uh, so there we are. Mike. Your thoughts? Well, um, I am going to probably um, be a bit greedy <laughs> and not have a piece per se, but ha- have a CD, which I've loved for a long, long time. And that is the Gabrielli Consort Christmas sort of Pretorius and Shine um, sort of German Baroque Christmas CD um, in Deutsche Jubiläum, I think it's called. can't remember what it's called. Probably should know that, but you know, it's <laughs> Spotify generation for you. Just type what you want. Um, it's amazing. Um, it's all those classic German chorale melodies and Christmas carol tunes, you know, um, Esestine of Alls, um, uh, Puer Natus in Bethlehem mm. in Deutsche Jubilo, um, set in those incredibly ornate polychoral um, Pretorius settings. Yes. So, you know, A12, A16, but with loads of rackets and sackbutts and cornets yes. and violins. And it is an incredibly um, rousing... Um, kind of Christmas morning type feel. I'm, I'm with you. That that sort of Lutheran stuff is my jam. Exactly, but and it's that it's that stereotype of that music being more um, austere than the sort of um, more outwardly joyous Catholic way of, of celebrating that period. I think it's totally wrong. It's like it's like Bach's great Christmas music. It's wonderful, isn't it? You listen to all of the trumpets and drums. I, I mean, German Christmas music just gets. I mean, a real. Um, German music phase at the moment as well. You know, the German music that sort of early Baroque through to kind of Bach cantatas and stuff. So that's all that's on my mind. There you go. 
I'm just unburdening to the podcast <laughs> audience here. What about a piece of Christmas music that you would wipe off the face of the earth if you could? I would probably, as it should have been cancelled a long time ago, get rid of Baby It's Cold Outside. Yes. I mean, it's. I thought it was gone a few years ago, but it keeps popping up again. Um, yeah, it's bad. It On is very multiple bad. Levels. Very bad. Back in November, we made a very brief trip to Boxgrove, which is a small town in Sussex near Chichester. We were there for two days and we spent the time recording uh, video for our Advent sessions. So if you follow us on social media, you've probably seen us plugging these. These are relatively short video offerings that we're releasing each Sunday in Advent. Um, so I've got Owen here and we're going to talk about how we came to be producing those and also how Owen decided upon the programmes uh, that we would sing in each of these recitals. Owen. Hello, Andrew. Uh, well, yeah, so Boxgrove is a special place for us. It was one of the f- uh, first places we visited when we toured uh, the UK for the first time in 2015. Absolutely glorious space. And uh, Joseph knew it uh, as a schoolboy. He used to go there and make his CDs with his school choir there. So Reverend Ian Forrester is just the most wonderful man, so generous, um, not just with his, um, well, with his building, but also uh, with his time and with his contacts. Um, we're very well looked after when we go that, down there. And at, in fact, we did this at very short notice. So we were down there the night before the second national lockdown. And we, we put this together for sort of several reasons. I mean, we were going to be recording our Joscan disc in that time, but Guy had a bit of laryngitis, so... Couldn't. A bit of laryngitis is uh, perhaps an understatement. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, well, he had a lot of laryngitis. Laryngitissimo. Yeah, quite. <laughs> uh, and he, so, uh, he, he wasn't able to sing. So I sort of got thinking about what can we do in that time, especially with this lockdown coming, because we're not going to be able to do... Uh, it's not going to be as easy for us to work, and especially thinking about the festive season, which is coming up, which is, you know, so important to singers, so important to choirs. Um, what if we couldn't do anything in November, December? And so I thought, well, Advent obviously is before Christmas and people often forget about it. I think it musically it's so rich, uh, especially as composers often thought about the different Sundays having their own characters, their own themes, faith or hope or um, sort of uh, new beginnings. Or and, and I think that the lovely thing about the music as well as it's so varied, it's so atmospheric. A lot of it is based on ancient chant. So one of the first videos we ever made was Veni, Veni, Emmanuel, lovely arrangement by Philip Lawson. And so we've done that plain chant, we've done another plain chant hymn. And basically they're short, roughly 10 minute recitals. So that it kind of creates a concert programme of about 40 minutes if you were to watch them back to back. And we're releasing them on each Sunday in Advent. And we started with um, I Look From Afar, the Matin Responsory, which is a setting by Palestrina, arranged by David Wilcox in the English. And I think a lot of people who have sung in choirs, and especially who've sung during the season of Advent in a church setting, will have sung this piece. It starts the service, I look from afar, and lo, I see the power of God coming, and the cloud covering the whole earth. And you get this sort of, you know, it really is the beginning of the Christmas season, because you get this sort of, the mystery and wonder really starts at that point. Um, 
And we did it antiphonally, so Mike was doing some of the solo stuff at one end of the building. Boxgrove is so flexible and there were no chairs in. So we had complete run of the place and the acoustic is absolutely marvellous. So I was basically thinking, Guy couldn't sing, so you were on the top line by yourself, mm-hmm. um, which we do a little bit of, but this was the sort of first time I've had to think of it as a, as a kind of lower voice programme, uh, in the sense that if I was to sing as well, then it would be one countertenor and three basses. <laughs> so it, it's quite a sort of rich, sonorous texture. Um, a lot of the music we did is in five parts. Uh, some music that we've done before, I tried to find some new settings of Nuncom, uh, another Advent hymn. So we're doing a piece of Eckhart, a piece of Pretorius, a composer that we love, obviously, from his Essay Stand Rolls and that sort of thing. Um, and some new music, so Cheryl Francis Ho, Judith Bingham, uh, some music we've done before, some music we've never recorded before. I really wanted to not just make it a rehash of all the Christmas stuff we've done in the past, but actually come up with some new pieces. So I'd say 80% of the stuff is is new music that we learnt quite quickly uh, in order to, to put these together. But having Boxgrove Priory to ourselves with no lights and just candles one evening just before a lockdown was really special. And so we're really grateful to everyone that enabled that to happen and also to everyone that's watched it because we've sold uh, you know several hundred tickets, uh, which I was kind of I was amazed by because we've, we've had mixed success actually with online things you know a lot of people tuned in on facebook youtube you know all the free resources monetizing this stuff is is difficult and so when people do purchase a ticket it's it's more than just accessing something it's really actually supporting the 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 project itself even though we've already filmed it we had to do it uh to to have a product And, and we couldn't we had to make a decision just go for it but actually you know the people that watch it and it's only £10 a ticket for the whole series. You know, I, th- I think we, we priced it quite reasonably because so, we wanted a lot of people to see it. Um, but it, it, So, yeah, we're grateful to lots of people for making it happen. And it was just quite a lot of fun to, to do. And it's really exciting that, uh, that we've had a, a really positive response in terms of sales um, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Owen, this is the only thing that we've done of the Advent Christmas season that was truly our own initiative. We've done, we've done lots of video recordings, lots of virtual concerts, yeah. but these have all been requested from different venues or different promoters. But this was, I mean, very spur of the moment. Let's, we've, we've got to do something. We're not, we're not sure how this lockdown is going to affect our work. Let's do something. Let's get, let's get to Boxgrove. Let's just get yeah. something on film. Absolutely. Uh, and because we've been doing a lot more online, we have invested in some equipment so that we can do these things so it's not just iPhones the issue with iPhones even though they record really high quality video and you can see the videos we did recently in Ely Cathedral because it's light they look really good when it's dark there's a, a real difference you can tell between an iPhone and a really good camera and it so it's really important the low light cameras you know you need those for church performances really because often you're performing at night so we've got some of that. We've got you know, basic audio equipment. We're recording the podcast on one of the microphones that, that we use. And so it, it's DIY. But I think you're right. It was really exciting because we thought, right, we're going to basically do the project from the ground up. And, and also, actually, to, to the point of delivery as well. The whole thing, the editing, the filming, mm-hmm. the programming, the uh, sort of delivery of, of the online series, everything has been in-house. And that's really cool because we're now able to... 
work on that level. Of course, we'd love promoters to come to us and book us for concerts. That would be <laughs> ideal. But, uh, you know, that hasn't really been happening this year for obvious reasons. So we've had to think on our feet. And it's nice when, you know, these things go well. It's, it's really nice. 2020 has been a year that's dictated that a freelance singer or any, any musician ought to have skills in, in tech of some degree. And, and so a few of us have sort of found found a niche in that regard. Josh has been doing a lot of audio editing, putting together these, um, putting together the takes of each of these sessions. Um, Joseph has been doing a huge amount of video editing, both for Advent Sessions and for London Sound Gallery. Um, and we've we sort of each developed these these skills that we never dreamed would be that necessary. Yes, it's been an interesting year, but it, it, it was really lovely to, to make music together on our own uh, agenda and with our own equipment and just sort of have a bit of free reign. And yeah, we felt very fortunate to do that. And it's really nice to be able to share that with people ahead of Christmas. Lovely. As you heard, this podcast is being recorded from Castle Howard, which is a stately home up in North Yorkshire. And also here with us are the Echo Vocal Ensemble and the Swan Consort. So we thought we'd take a little bit of time to talk to various members of these groups and their directors to hear about what they've been up to. So first I've got Tom Herring with me, and Tom is the director of a fantastic chamber choir called Sansara. Tom. Tell us what you've been up to. Well, since the first lockdown, it's obviously been uh, quieter year than planned, but um, we were lucky enough to get some Arts Council funding quite early on in May, and like everyone, we're trying to you know, work out what kind of digital projects we might do, what kind of stuff we could do online, and spent quite a long time trying to think what we could do that might be a little bit different to the, the normal virtual choir kind of route, and so we built a vocal sound library um, which is partly made up of crowdsourced contributions and then uh, samples that we recorded ourselves with some of our, our lovely singers. And that's um, called Recreate? Is yeah, that right? so that project's called Recreate and the idea was to yeah, collect and build this library and then we commissioned a few composers to respond to it uh, in whatever way uh, they wanted. And the library is now online and... Um, I mean, it's been a really interesting process. We had no idea what, what, quite what to expect. Um, and we've got a few really lovely responses and examples of people using these samples, vocal sounds, to create big textures and uh, yeah, unusual uh, sounds as well. Um, so not just singing. There's quite a lot of percussive stuff. Interesting. And, and then we also did a digital version, interactive digital version of a beautiful piece by Chris Williams, called A Golden String, uh, combining a set of videos that uh, the viewer could combine in their own, uh, in any order they wanted, mm. um, to yeah, create their own version of the piece, um, which was just trying to think of ways to use online and digital media uh, in a slightly different way. And then recently we've recorded some music by Marco Galvani, who's one of our associate composers, um, which is really great fun, so that's, that'll be coming out early next year. And so far, we've just done a collection of his sacred stuff. Um, and 
yeah, that's that's been more or less it. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll look forward to your disc coming out, and we'll definitely have to check out your digital online projects. So thanks a lot. I've got with me here now Luthien Brackett, uh, who is a world-class mezzo-soprano. Um, Luthien and I sang together in New York a little bit, and now we've just sang our first thing together in the UK. Exciting. Luthien, how are you? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm very well, Andrew. Um, well, like a lot of us, I haven't been doing a lot of singing recently, so it's a real pleasure to be here in York, which is where I did my master's degree in music at the University of York a couple of years ago. So it's nice to be back. It's kind of a reunion of sorts because I'm reunited with three other members of my MA course, oh, wonderful. as well as all of you wonderful members of Cheswell 06 and uh, Echo Vocal Ensemble. So um, it's such a pleasure not just to be back in York because I've really missed it but also to be back singing, because I've missed that for the last nine months or so while we've been on lockdown. Yeah, lovely. What was it like, sort of, in a way, restarting your freelance career by moving to an entirely different country, and then to have the freelance industry just completely shut down? It was definitely awkward timing, that's for sure. I mean, I, I sort of put my singing career in New York on hold and I had been a professional singer in New York for 10 years as you know before moving to York to do my master's degree and then while I was in York I met my partner who's British and that made me decide that I wanted to relocate to the United Kingdom so my visa application was approved and I did that but then of course it was only a few months later that the kind of bottom oh, fell yeah. out of yeah. the freelance musicians um, industry and um I had just sort of started to make a little bit of headway singing with a few groups and yeah. making, having a few auditions. So it was, it was definitely like <laughs> the brakes just, you know, we slammed on the brakes and everything stopped. And in a way it was lovely because I had been traveling so much, you know, I'd, have, I'd be flying, you know, every couple of weeks or so back to the United States or someplace else. And I was never home in the UK for more than two weeks at a time. Oh, so wow. it was lovely to stop and have time to, you know, cook wonderful meals and bake and, you know, garden and do all that lovely stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely felt like part of me was missing because I wasn't singing. And you know how it is when you've been singing for as long as we have. You know, sometimes if you become ill or something and you can't sing for a few weeks, you do yeah. feel a bit like you've lost a part of your identity. Yes. Yeah. And it can be very destabilizing, and it definitely felt like that, for sure. Yeah. Well, we just heard Luthien's lovely voice on verse 3 of This is the Truth Sent from Above. So when you get your tickets for uh, the 12 Days of Christmas, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, thanks so much, Luthien. Thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure. Uh... 
So I'm here with Sarah Leto, a director of Echo Vocal Ensemble, and Anita Data, director of the Swan Console. And we're just going to talk a little bit about the 12 days of Christmas. Welcome to the G6 podcast. <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you very much. So we've just finished recording the carols up at Castle Howard. And the idea is now that we just sort of talk a little bit about how the project came to fruition, um, a little bit about the inspiration for the music, um, and basically how we all sort of met and how it all came together. Because I guess that the first that I heard about this was in a pub in North London, wasn't it, Anita? Yeah. So um, a mutual friend of all of the groups, uh, Roger, had arranged for us to meet each other for the first time, which was very exciting. And a day or so before, I'd had this kind of half-baked idea about, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could send people something every day of the 12 days of Christmas, maybe something musical? I was foolish enough to mention this at the lunch and, well, you guys didn't think it was that half-baked. And it's just all kind of snowballed from there, really. Our friends sort of suggested we collaborate um, and here we are. Yeah, it was just such a good concept. I thought as soon as we heard it, it just seemed, uh, yeah, quite fresh. I hadn't really heard of any groups doing this before and it's that kind of period between Christmas and New Year where you maybe don't get as much... Um, singing or online or kind of content as it were um so yeah we all just thought it was a lovely idea and then the three of us well the four of us just plotted together and kind of started organizing it and then here we are now yeah and, and I think we've all we were saying the other day that we all brought different things to the project uh it's been really fun to work with uh other people on you know sort of bringing something together the administration side of things as well but also creatively with uh thinking about where we'd record uh, and the music as well that we were going to sing. And I think we've all put together some really different, interesting programmes that kind of show off our groups in, in really lovely ways. And it was especially nice for us all to come together to record a piece um, in the Great Hall, which is where Swan Consort did all of their filming, which is such a lovely space, isn't it? I really, I really felt like we lucked out. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous kind of big stone edifice under the, the famous dome of Castle Howard, and you look up and you you could you think you're in the Sistine Chapel. It's amazing, um, but we did quite a range of pieces actually. Um, it was also nice to be in that space because it's it's quite versatile visually. So we, we did do some some Palestrina, some of the early stuff that we're perhaps better known for but we also did a lovely Rathbone arrangement of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas um, which just the words seemed so poignant this year I mean I must have heard my team do it so many times but I was almost weeping every single time I heard it by the end um, yeah I mean I think one of the reasons we were all so keen on hopefully using a stately home if we could was that we had these different venues in which the different groups could um, perform within one venue as it were so yeah as you say Anita your group was in the Great Hall um, and then my group Echo uh, we were in the Long Gallery which is normally a very neutral space. <laughs> um, but for this particular uh, season of the year, um, they really go to town with decking it out, don't they? So uh, we were quite surprised to see this giant 20-foot Christmas tree that we were singing in front of, some, some amazing multicoloured nutcrackers and uh, amazing kind of wall hangings as well. Um, so, yeah, my group were kind of singing in this multicoloured magical shrine to Christmas. Between the three of us, we've got this running joke that Sarah's got a bit of an allergy to sort of extreme Christmas. So. Yeah, I think yeah. 2020's been a weird year uh, for all sorts of reasons, but never did I think that I'd have to negotiate with Father Christmas himself. 
because uh, that's what we ended up doing actually because our, our session we, we were supposed to be recording from eight till ten at night but um the g6 guys had come round and sort of helped helped out with moving cameras and doing bits and pieces as well so that would have made it for a very long day so i think we were quite glad to actually get in a bit earlier i think with social distancing it meant they couldn't have as many children in sadly but the advantage to us was of course it was a little less noisy so we were allowed to do things at the same time and mm. patrick allen was filming uh, he brought some wonderful low light cameras which worked really nicely and sort of capture the atmosphere we kind of all came up with this well anita came up with the concept and then we all kind of worked together to to develop it and um so obviously the main uh the main gift is actually that we have recorded 12 pieces among well 13 actually tw amongst the three groups so four pieces each and uh, the gift package is that that gets sent to your inbox um once a day from the 25th of uh, december to the 6th of january and it means that you can give this uh, lovely, uh, eco-friendly uh, digital gift, basically, of a performance to anyone you wish, wherever they are, kind of in, in the world, even. We also thought it'd be really nice if you can actually open something as well, because I personally buy quite a lot of gift experiences for my friends and family, and I love for them to actually be able to open something on Christmas Day. So we, we worked together to develop this gift box, um, and there's two tiers. Um, the first tier has a lot of beautiful uh, bespoke um, surprises in, basically. Um, and then the second tier, you can buy Owen's CD um, Christmas with as well. Um, so, yeah, there's something for every everyone from our, our nice, eco-friendly £12 smaller package right up to the deluxe uh, gift box and it's worth saying that if you do want to get a physical gift to arrive by christmas day you need to get your orders in by the 15th of december so that we can make sure we post it to your recipient in time and there are a limited number so definitely check out the uh, ticketing link for that brilliant there have been so many different elements of this project and we've all sort of brought different things to the table but i remember sarah you I think was spearheading this idea for the call for cadences, uh, which we really loved because obviously we've done a couple of composition competitions, but this was something a little bit different. Yeah, so we were trying to work out a way that we could um, have uh, some input from new composers, emerging composers, or, or really anyone who wants to get involved. And so we wanted to do a, a small kind of challenge, as it were, where we have basically given um, the first four notes of the the famous song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, on the first day of... And then we invited composers to um, finish that cadence on the word Christmas and set it to whatever they wanted, um, as long as it was within four bars and, and for voices. Um, and we, we set that challenge about three weeks ago, probably now, and uh, we had... I think it was 250 um, applications. So it was fantastic, the creativity that we saw. And from that, we then chose, um, well, it was actually 16. We actually chose 16 um, of our favourites and those are going to be featured and they were recorded professionally um, at Castle Howard and they're going to be featured as part of the intros for each video. So it's, yeah, it was a lovely way to get some younger emerging composers involved with the project. But what I really loved about this idea and what I thought your real stroke of genius was, Sarah, was it was just so straightforward. It didn't take a lot of time. Um, and for example, I heard from someone who's an undergraduate at Durham University who said to me that they'd, they'd never entered anything before and 
maybe not really done much composing, but just because it was so accessible, they thought, hey, I'd give it a go. Um, and in the end, I think their cadence was one of the ones that Echo picked. So it just used to show, actually, just throw your hat in the ring. Um, but I think really to be applauded for coming up with such a such an accessible and innovative concept. It was so much fun. And we're really pleased to include some of the cadences as our little podcast musical links uh, in this episode. So hats off to all the composers who entered. Yeah, I think we had about 250 cadences to choose from, which was uh, <laughs> quite the number. <laughs> My housemate actually was listening to me judging them and she just said she heard me play that tune. Da, 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 da. Well, 250 times over the course of two days. <laughs> <laughs> you were already allergic to it. I wasn't, but I was by the end of playing through it. Christmas apathy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it has been really fun working with both of you on this project uh, even though we've had to do that 250 times there have been so many different things we've had to learn on the job uh, mm. and also bring lots of different skills to the table so it's been yeah, really wonderful to share this with you and looking forward to seeing the results in due course absolutely yeah likewise it's been such a fun project and, and just lovely to work together um, we, we kind of first met on the 1st of November I think and started that was where the concept arrived from Anita and and here we are it's only been kind of five six weeks and it, and it's all come to fruition so yeah it's been really great and definitely that for me I would say as a, as a group leader as a conductor we often have to do so much stuff on our own and it's it's been really nice especially during a second lockdown um, to have two colleagues to work with and I don't think the project could have got as big as it did if we all hadn't been pulling our weight all all the time basically well thank you so much Sarah and Anita for joining us no problem and happy Christmas yeah Merry Christmas to one and all We'd like to thank you very much for tuning in to this Christmas special episode of the G6 podcast. A big thanks to Onita Data and to Sarah Latto for their interview with Owen. You might have noticed that there was a technical issue that meant that that interview was re-recorded over Zoom after we had already left Castle Howard. Um, also, a big thanks to Mike and Guy for doing the news with me and a big thanks to Luthien Brackett and to Tom Herring for their interviews. Just after Tom's interview, the music that you heard was Marco Galvani's Neon Sky, which is one of the pieces produced from Tom's Recreate project. There's still time to get your tickets for the 12 Days of Christmas, and if you'd like to do that, go on to the Tides website, that's T-I-D-Z-E dot com, and search for the 12 Days of Christmas. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking to you again soon in another episode of... The G6.